Father, we thank you this evening. We ask for grace of understanding and of obedience to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come, please be seated. I welcome all of you this evening to the hearing of God's word. And I pray that our lives shall be a reflection of the word of God in Jesus name I still want us to pray for a few minutes that God's word will have maximum impact on our lives so with your head bowed, just speak to God one more time. And Lord, let your word have maximum impact on my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There are some prayers when you pray, you know that God will definitely hear you. And one of them is just what we have prayed. So I trust the Lord that we will have, his word will have maximum impact in our lives. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua chapter 3, The verse number five. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Let's all read it. Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 ready go and Joshua said unto the people sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you one more time and Joshua said unto the people sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you So this evening we are looking at the topic of sanctification for triumph. That is our theme this evening, sanctification for triumph. And uh, this evening we will 
try to understand what sanctification means. So we're talking about sanctification for triumph. Now, you might have realized that we are reading from Joshua, but still we are encountering the gospel. And rightly so, because the people that were first called Christians, this was the Bible, if you like, that they had. Yet the gospel made 100% sense to them. So it's not really about where we are reading from, but the ability to see the truth in what we are reading, to see Jesus, to see the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in uh, everywhere we are reading from. You remember that the Ethiopian Enoch was reading from Isaiah when he experienced the new birth as Philip explained to him. So, you don't necessarily have to read from, let's say, the Gospels or the Epistles to discover Christ and uh, to know what God is saying to the church. Because it is the same God who is speaking, who inspired all these writings. So here we are in Joshua chapter 3. Now, the whole book of Joshua is, is set in the context of battles. Battles for land occupation as the Lord promised his uh, friend, Abraham. So, Joshua is the chapter of the conquest of that land. Genesis was the enactment of the covenant. You know, God uh, making his intentions clear to Abraham, among many other things that happened in Genesis, just as the creation of the world. Just uh, like the creation of the world. And then came Exodus, you know, they went into uh, captivity, in bondage in Egypt. They came out, and all of that that ensued, and now they are really taking over the land. It, it tells us about God's faithfulness. You know, because these are centuries. 
So when God gives you a word, he does not forget. When he speaks to you in Genesis, you can be sure that somewhere in the book of your life, you step on the promise that he gave to you. The whole church is awaiting the coming of Christ, which Sunday, God willing, we may speak along that line. Now, it looks like it won't happen, but it will. The Bible says that some count that promise of the Lord, they count the Lord as though he is slack concerning his promise. You know, he's lazy, he's laid back. I think that the greatest surprise to all the world and especially Christians, the greatest surprise. You see, a surprise has got to do with something that you have knowledge about. You know somebody and then suddenly the person is dead. You see? So the surprise is, is, is striking. If you don't know him, it's not a big deal. So the surprise to the world and especially Christians will be that the Lord came. And it will be a surprise because they did not make it. That will be the sad aspect of it. So we should not count the promises of God as something that, uh, you know, it, it may not happen. Or it may, it may not or it may not happen. Forget about may or may not. It will happen. It will certainly happen. So here is Joshua. God is bringing him to the realities of century-old promises made to his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, he had to confront warrior nations to possess the land and divided for an inheritance to the people. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, be strong and of a good courage. Because triumph is not for the weak. It's not a fainting business. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Between your present position and experience and what God wants to give you, you must always measure strength or count from strength to strength. You have to be strong. See, when you read your Bible, there are a lot of details that you have to pay attention to. And I want this church to be like that, and I want us to be like that. You know, it is, it is a lazy thing, for instance, I call it a lazy thing to think that Christianity is just speaking in tongues, as charismatic as you are. You just wake up, you speak in tongues. You are in the bathroom, you are speaking in tongues. Until you become an, anno an annoyance to people. It's, it's, not, it's not one thread. 
your cloth that you are wearing is not one thread. It's, there are many threads crossing each other, making the fabric. I'm not even talking about the stitches, but I'm talking about the covering on you. It, it, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of threads. So there are instructions to listen to. And sometimes you are not even paying attention to these details. You have your own way of arriving at things. You know, you believe you have your own buttons to press without searching the scriptures. You believe that if I do this, this will happen. It does not make the glory of God to be revealed in your life as he wants. So, he was told to be strong and of a good courage for unto those people you will divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto your fathers to give them. Many years ago. But you are close to it. You are going to See what I said to your fathers. Some of us, as we sit here, we are close to the promised land. Very, very close. Sometimes that is the time by you quit. You are so close, but you are revising your nose. That this thing that I prayed about from Genesis to Deuteronomy is enough. Not knowing God is going to appoint you as a Joshua to divide certain things. And sometimes to what your fathers did not see, God wants you to see. But you quit so easily. And it's a strength that keeps you going. So, all the instructions in this book of Joshua, including what we are talking about today, they are all given in the context of battles. That's why we've titled the message, This for Triumph. See? Every one of them is, is, is a step towards and in triumph. The strength, the loyalty, the justification, in particular, reference to Rahab, or else she would have perished. It was a big triumph story for her. And then this evening's sanctification. And the Christian life is still like that. To think of yourself as a Christian and just to wake up and, and feel that, oh, this thing is about just being on a bed of roses. It's a lie. And the battle here has not got to do with the African concept of Christianity, where you wake up and all you see is witches and wizards, like you see trees around. No. There is, there is, a, there is a common battle. It's not a cultural battle. It's not, it's not cultural. In fact, it's not even geographical. 
It's not cultural. It's not geographical. It is a spiritual battle common to all believers anywhere, anytime. And these things that we are picking up and talking about, they have a part and a role to play in our triumph. So now we are in chapter 3, where God had given them victory over Jericho. That is chapter 2. We are coming from chapter 2. Chapter 2 is Jericho, the signal victory that God gave them. And where we stopped to look at the gospel message of justification by faith in relation to Rahab. Rahab, the, 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 the harlot. I said that he is the best example of justification by faith. What else could be worse than being a harlot? But the best news that such a downgraded, abused, misused woman could hear was that if she could believe the message of the spies, she would not perish. There are many people who are waiting for us. Their salvation is not in a big program. Their salvation is not waiting for some international evangelist. Their salvation is in your mouth. That you will speak to them just like these spies did. You are not supposed to counsel them. That is not what they did. Oh, try and stop this thing that you are doing. It, no, they just delivered the message. And uh, we are supposed to be like that. Bringing the good news of the good news unto our fellow men. Whoever they are, they can be saved. Amen? Whoever they are, they can be saved. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Whoever they are, whoever they are, they can be saved. So that's what we looked at in chapter 2. Now the chosen people of God were still making progress. Because that's triumph. It's a constant victorious procession, progression, and possession. They, they had a destiny and they needed to advance. What we talked about on, on Sunday. And we also have a destiny. You see, the story in scriptures is our story, actually. The beginning is our beginning. How God made man is how we were made. You must accept that and believe that. In between the beginning and the end, all that happens is our story. The challenges of people like us, their patience, the Bible speaks of the patience of Job. It's your story. You don't read Job and you run away. No, you stay there for your own experience. And of course, you know the end of 
the Lord concerning Job, like James says. The Lord is, is merciful. That's what the Bible says, that we through the comfort of scriptures might have hope. So it's our story. The story of sinners, the story of broken humanity, the story of a people without God, and the story of people being chased or loved by God. That, that's our story. Until it ends in the book of Revelation. Listen, this world, as surely as I'm going to end my message this evening, this world, one day, it will come to an end. But may prophecy find you on the good path of the end of this world. As for this world, it will come to an end. It will come to an end. Or else you should not even read, we should not read Genesis. There's no point. But we can read it and race towards the end in the book of Revelation because there is an end. So, chapter 3 is an advance. No quitting, they were advancing. And uh, we also must advance. Remember, it's our story. You see? We must advance. We said in loyalty to Christ. When you take the nation Israel, for instance, loyalty to the God of your father Abraham was the nation's rallying point. I mean, you, you, you lived or you died in relation to your relationship with the God of Abraham. If you mishandle him, you will die. You and all your house. We will, we will learn it. We will see the story of Achan. He was buried under stones with everybody in his house because there was a breach of loyalty. You may not know the grave consequences of your disloyalty to Christ now because of the times that we live in, but it is as catastrophic as what happened in those days. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that of how much sorrow punishment do you think will be given to those who have treated Christ lightly, his blood and his sacrifice. They have done despite to the spirit of grace. So it is not a cool thing to rise up as a Judas and just betray Jesus. And remember, it is our story. There is not one isolated story in the Bible. No story is self-contained. All the stories are all contained. We are all in it. 
So as there were Judases in those days, the same way Judas handled Jesus, the same day, the same way today, somebody is handling Jesus and will handle Jesus. But I pray that you will never handle the Lord that way. Joshua advanced in intensity towards his commission. If, most, if Joshua was not intense, he wouldn't order the stoning of Achan. That was how intense he was in his loyalty to his commission. That God has given. And then, I mean, at a point he should be tired of mass slaughtering of people. The man was killing people from nations to nations tirelessly and ruthlessly, mercilessly that is intensity in commission until he warred no more, the whole nation came to rest sometimes you fight just one battle and then you, you quit, you are tired you pick one nation of a trouble then you said let the rest occupy my territory I can't go further anymore this thing should stay in my house. This thing should be on my children. This thing should be in our family. You are not that intense in the commission of triumph. We are in the last days. What do you expect? Nukri shall abound. Forget about evangelism. Forget about God's work. False prophets are rising everywhere. What can we do? What can we do? Go and ask Joshua what he did. The nations had their false prophets. Even in the time of Elijah, there were false prophets. 400 strong. And what commission the man Elijah had? He killed all of them. It's our story. Intensity in commission. When you read the Bible, you know, the book of Joshua very well. For instance, chapter 4, um, chapter 3, verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1, and Joshua rose early in the morning. See, that is intensity. <laughs> he, he rose up early to the task that must be done. He led courageously and fought tirelessly. And of course, we must advance in loyalty to or towards impurity, towards the coming of the Lord. Amen. Towards the coming of the Lord. It is our ultimate triumph. When we see Jesus face to face. Any Christian who does not have that thing in him is just playing religion. Even if we are a pastor. I was reading recently and then this is this person is 
an academic. So he wrote a book out of the happenings around the world. Then he said he realized that suddenly matters of the coming of the Lord which some pastors dare not preach about. You will never remember, you cannot remember the last time they spoke about in their church. Suddenly they came from the back burners to the front. Suddenly. But you see, the Lord will come. The Bible says, he that will come, will come and will not tarry. We may read that and apply it to a promise, uh, some prophecy we are waiting for, but the striking point is that Jesus is the one he's talking about. If Christ is not coming, no promise is coming. He is the promise. If he's not coming, nothing is coming. I mean, we're just having fun. Nothing is coming. All things are coming because he is coming. All the promises of God are yea and amen. And the reference is him in Christ. If he's not coming, nothing is coming. So we must advance in purity towards his coming. Just as these people were advancing. Don't be tired in advancing. Amen? Amen. Don't be tired in advancing. The book of Hebrews tells us that wherefore being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the same weight that so easily beset us and let's advance. Let's advance. Preaching must make us advance. Church must make us advance. Reading the word of God must make us advance. We pray to advance. Everything to help us to advance. And now they had come to a point now in their movement, in their procession, their progress, their possessing the promised land, where the instruction had come, a definite instruction, sanctify yourself. What about that? Yeah, it's a requirement for the next level of trial. And uh, if you were a Jew at that time, part of the nation Israel, You needed to be alert to hear that instruction. You see, generally speaking, you must be alert when a new instruction comes. You must be. When something new is being spoken. Some people, they keep doing the old thing because they were not alert enough to hear the new thing that was said. Sometimes some people can even move towards danger. 
there is a news maybe it is on air nobody should pass this road there is a, a, a fire there there is a tanker there which you know is about to catch fire and that is exactly where you are moving because a new instruction had come and then you did not hear it let me show you an example of what i'm talking about john chapter 13 verse 34 when new things come you must be alert we have left be strong now we have left justification now we are going somewhere you must be alert john chapter 12 chapter 13 rather verse 34 john 13 34 a new commandment i give unto you you see that now at this point you should not listen with the same attention you used to listen to the old instructions you must step up because something new is coming we are not in an old chapter to still be going around the key words of that old chapter there is now a new chapter you must now watch out for new things a new commandment i give unto you that you love one another as i have loved you that you also love one another and when you read in first john chapter 2 you see the same thing there verse 8 to 11. now this is where as believers we sometimes miss it miss it for instance you may get stuck at justification without knowing that a new commandment has come There are many people who remain at a post when a new commandment had come. They are still at that post. Some are genuinely ignorant. And that is why they must be taught. See, that is the purpose of teaching. It is to clear the web of ignorance so that we can know what God is showing us from time to time. Others too are arrogant to know anything anymore. They can't be bothered. You know, sometimes somebody can insist. There is a redirection of road. He says, no, I will use that place. Until he goes to a place where he can't go anymore. And it is one hour late arrogance but the Lord is bringing us a new commandment today and I pray that in our minds and in our spirit we'll be on the high alert to follow this instruction now back to Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 Joshua 3 5. Do yourself a favor and don't, and don't sleep. Don't nod off. I don't think I am putting people to sleep. Amen. I can see some of you. I don't, I don't just want to call your name. I can do that, but I have received a new commandment to love you, so I'm just watching. See, I was watching a video today of preaching and I said to myself, 
thousands of people listening to the man. I said this because when they bring some of the faces of the people, immediately I abhor it. So I said to myself, if I had the opportunity to talk to them, I would tell them that the face of the man talking to you is more than a thousand of your faces. There is no point looking at your faces. You don't inspire anything. You are too dull. You are not impassioned. There is no life. Meanwhile, I see an old man standing there alive. And you, your faces have sunk. It's like life has dealt so bad with you. You are tired and dreary and weary. That was what I was thinking to myself. May somebody not think that about you. As I'm talking to you. As for me, I finished my own, but I'm talking to you that may somebody not think like that about you. Joshua 3:5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, in the messages that we'll be hearing henceforth we'll be hearing sanctify sanctification sanctify you know everything about sanctification now what does it mean in a general sense in a general sense it means to set apart so for instance these two chairs they are chairs all right and here are chairs in the church but these chairs are set apart they are on a platform they don't belong to where the rest of the chairs are in fact if i ask you to count the chairs in the room you will hardly count these ones you your mind will not count them. so these are different chairs you know the color is different it's a pastor's chair and all of that that is set apart it is a kind of a picture of sanctification or to sanctify it also means to hallow or to reverence to hallow or to reverence you see the easiest way to put it is that it's not something to trivialize to play with it speaks of weight therefore it must be hallowed it must be approached with reverence with with protocol in religion we will say with ritual It also means to consecrate or make holy. So that in the general sense is the meaning of the word sanctify. The scripture is made up of words and we must take pains to understand the words in the Bible. Now, the word sanctify, it carries a sacred goal 
and involves secret things. It carries a secret goal. It involves secret things. So I told you that when you hear a new thing, you must be on the alert. So the word alerts the hearer of holiness. There's an alert. Something is coming on your phone. An alert. But your spiritual notice and mind, it alerts the hearer of holiness or readiness for something sacred. It alerts the hearer of so when you hear sanctify what comes to your mind is not play games but holiness now when you hear attention what comes to your mind when i come over here and say attention everybody immediately you may think to yourself that the pastor has an announcement for us there is a notice for us Similarly, when you hear sanctification, it is an alert for holiness. Just as an attention is an alert for announcement. Sanctification is an alert for holiness. An attention is being called for something holy. And that, is, that instruction, sanctify yourself, it was an instruction for fedrance. In their triumph it was an instruction you know we are talking about sanctification for triumph it was an instruction for fedrance in the, the triumphant procession of joshua and the nation and the reason was given what was the reason sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do wonders among you and they saw wonders. They really did. And God is still performing wonders. They saw wonders such as the miraculous dividing of the Jordan. Listen. It is not complex for God to do wonders if we will obey him. There is too much rigmarole to produce wonders in the church. Too much energy. See? Too much exertion. Too much force applied to produce wonders. That is not the Bible way. The Bible way of wonders is obedience to the word of God. That's all. Sometimes, when we miss this, listen, it takes the beauty out of our worship. When we miss the obedience through which comes wonders in a very calm way, we miss the beauty of our worship. Worship becomes, you know, a deafening event it becomes, you know, it's like uh, it's a keep fit club. You know, people have to jump and roll and, and sweat. I mean, just for one miracle to happen. That is not the way of God. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders 
among you. May you see wonders out of obedience. Wonders out of that order of God. Now, just as they saw wonders, we also can and will see wonders in our time. I told you, it's our story. Don't let anybody tell you God has stopped working wonders. No, it's our story. Sarah's story, my story. Joseph's story. I've suffered rejection, accusation, abuse, whatever. It is my story. What you don't want is to repeat the story of bad characters. You don't want the story of Absalom to be your story. Just learn and avoid it. That is how to use that story. You don't want the story of Dathan, Koran, and Abiram to be your story. So that in the church where Moses is the pastor, the people who die, you are one of them because you resist him. No! Only God knows why there are funerals in churches sometimes. And it's not strange. I'm not threatening anybody. In Corinthians, that's what Paul said. Paul said the reason why we are making a lot of funeral announcements in the church is because of this thing. That's what Paul said. So you learn from it. So really, then I'm not going to do that. The story of Ananias and Zephyr said, no. I'm not going to impress anybody with some amazing offerings and seeds that I will not be faithful to. You know, it's different from making a pledge and saying I'll do this and you know deep down in your heart that you will do it. But we are talking about people, I won't do it. I'm just coming to make a show. That's what Ananias and Zephyr did. We won't, I mean, this is, we have taken part of the money, but we are presenting it as though it is when God said, I won't take that. Let's learn from the word of God. So, we will see wonders. We will see wonders. Tell yourself, I will see wonders. Praise God. Job said he performs wonders without number. Wonders. God is a wonder-working God. I mean, right in this chapter, Jordan was going to divide. That is a wonder. God may not divide a certain river around you because that is not necessary anymore. For what? But there may be something that calls for wonders. It was a necessary wonder. Necessary wonder. They needed to... There were no bridges. You see, you must understand that there are miracles for modern man. Different from the miracles for primitive men. A, a primitive man maybe never had cancer. They live too good. 
to have all these problems that we have. So, that healing did not belong to them. You may not need to be transported by the Holy Spirit like Philip was because there are planes. But when it comes to where there must be a wonder, listen, God still does wonders. He does wonders. Amen? But here is it. As we read the Bible, pay attention to details. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders. See that? God puts sanctification before wonders, not wonders before sanctification. And wonder without sanctification is divine disorder. Wonder without sanctification. That is why Jesus in his prophetic warning says he will reject some wonder-working professors of faith. Wonder-working, miracle-working people because they missed the order. They missed it. Please listen. In these last days, the last thing, the last thing that should attract you, the last thing that should attract you and to make you give thumbs up for something, the last thing is miracles. The last thing. Let us know what to look for. I remember a man who said and was being very honest he said I can show you live videos of miracles that took place when I was preaching swollen leg that shrank under cameras but at the same time I was living in adultery how do you explain that That something as miraculous as that is happening. How many people smoke and they still perform miracles? You have any idea? Have you conducted the research? How many people open blind eyes and call deaf ears to hear, but they live in immorality? How many? May the Lord have mercy upon us. Indeed, Jesus is... You know, sometimes, when Jesus says this, you wonder who. Well, if it is not you, thank God for your life. There are people. He said, on that day, it only takes Jesus to say that, because people want to hear good things. On that day, some people would tell me, did we not do this and do that and do that? And I will tell you, I never knew you. In case you forget that scripture, on that day, you will remember. But may it not be remembered on your head. The fact that you performed or received a miracle does not mean you have God's approval. 
No. It's wrong to think so. We are not against signs and wonders. I told you God still does wonders. It's our story. But it's not an approval. It's not. A lady can say that I have found an anointed person. He's very anointed. You know, he's moving in the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to give my hand to him in marriage. What kind of uh, 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 conviction is that? No. You can't, you can't become a church member on the basis of that. Because in the morning they eat miracles, afternoon miracles, evening miracles. Even in the night when you are sleeping, they will wake you up and send you one. So why shouldn't that be my church? Let's travel in the scriptures. It's our story and see something. Numbers chapter 20. So that we will all respect the order of God. Respect the order of God. Results are not enough. Results must follow proper order. Results are not enough. Results must follow proper order. Results are not enough. Results must follow proper order. If you cheat in an examination and you got A's, that is not a proper order. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes people can, can work their way into an institution with the wrong grades only for them to be fired. Because they have found out that this resource is not, is not correct. Numbers chapter 20 from verse 7. Let's read it. This is one of the most intimate men with God. Men who were intimate with God. But look at what happened. Numbers 27. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before the eyes. Speak to the rock. And it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so that thou shalt give the congregation and their bistring. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. That was good. And Moses, Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. And God did not say that. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? It was not part of the instructions God gave him. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. He was not supposed to smite it, and he did it even twice. And the water, listen, and the water came out abundantly, not sparingly, abundantly. In all your lifetime, I don't think the miracles you will ever do with all the anointing you will ever have will equalize that of Moses. This is water for millions. You are talking about water from a well. That does nothing. How many millions of people have drunk that water from the well you have dug? This is water on the spot. Now verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because he believed me not, to sanctify me. See, that's the problem. You did not hallow me. 
you did not set me apart you guys went and then you said shall we it's like i'm one of you you took the glory that belonged to me because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of israel therefore you will not bring this congregation into the land which i've given them you will not brothers and sisters did it happen the book of numbers ended as if god had forgotten no he brought it up in deuteronomy chapter 3 deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 25 deuteronomy 3 25 moses was a prayer warrior an intercessor par excellence said this one i know how to sort it out be very careful when you think you know how to sort god out by your own calculations i know how to handle god with prayer and fasting i know how to handle god with you know offering that is your little mind telling you that you can't do that with god obedience is better than what it's better than what? Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 25. I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain in Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth, angry with me for your sakes, and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. Think about it. Don't talk to me again on this issue that was a very strong one what was god doing here god was reclaiming his holiness that moses i'm not your mate you remain moses you were a national leader but i am the leader of all the world for all eternity you are too small to desecrate my command Deuteronomy 34, verse 4. May the Lord cleanse us of any willful disobedience. Anything that has brought his honor low, may God cleanse us from them. May the Lord cleanse us from them. Deuteronomy 34, the verse number 4. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land. By this time, God has brought him to a place where he could see it because there were no telescope in those days or binoculars or drones to take pictures and you will see it. So God brought him actually to a geographical point, a higher point where he could see it. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swore unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes. But thou shalt not go over thither. I still remember. You are not going. Sanctification before wonders. Oh, wonders. 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 Please. It's not all about wonders. It's not all about wonders. Miracles. Miracle is not, it's not all of, some people even think they are saved because they had a miracle. 
It's a solemn warning for a signs and wonders addicted age in seekers. This age in particular. Because it's very easy to get lost that way. Very easy. Follow signs and wonders. Only for God to tell you that you will not go over to this place. May every inordinate desire for signs and wonders. Sometimes that is, you want to see something. You want to. Personally, in my life, nobody moves me for anything you can do. I've known a little, just a little of God's word and of the holiness of God to just take anything on the surface. And sometimes some of the mistakes of people is that the person might be very spiritual. No, please. If you didn't know, if this, you did not, we did not know the story of Moses here, you would think that you know, Moses is, you know, Mr. Perfect. But he got angry. He went in direct disobedience to the word of God. Tonight I believe that the Lord has helped us to understand in a general sense what sanctification is. To be set apart or to set apart. To hallow, to reverence, to consecrate and to make holy. Which is an instruction, a new commandment for our triumph. an instruction. The Bible said the scripture is given for instruction in righteousness. This one of them. And we have also seen the order in which God blesses his approved order. Sanctification before wonders. Not wonders before sanctification. I pray that with these words we shall honor the Lord. We will reverence Him and give Him first place in our lives. Shall we be on our feet? Let's spend a few minutes and pray this evening. The Lord if you are giving me a new commandment, I'm, I'm also giving a new attention to it. Show me all you have to show me about sanctification. Teach me all you want to teach me about sanctification in times like this. I don't want to come behind in my triumph. I want to feather my cause in triumph. Let's open our mouth and talk to God. Let's open our mouth and talk to God. Open your mouth and speak to God.
Open your mouth and speak to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Let's speak to the Lord. Sanctify yourself. Just tell God tonight that Lord, I listen to this new commandment. We have not delved deep into it yet, but with the little that you've told me, my heart says, Yes, Lord. I will reverence you, I will hallow you. I won't commit the error of Moses. So help me, Lord. I will not bring your name into disrepute. I won't dishonor your name. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, you want to pray. The beginning of sanctification is first of all to see that God is holy. See, the reason why the angels cry, holy, 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 because they seize his holiness. It's a response. It's not, it's not a call it's not an auto call, a self call. No, it's a, it's a response. It's an involuntary response. It's like a reflex. Because that's who God is. You see, when we say God is holy, we are not, we, it's more, of, of course you understand that God has not sinned. So we are not saying that God is holy, that means God does not fight, God does not do this, no. When we say God is holy, the meaning is, in relation to you, if God says, Take this thing and go and put it here. And you take it and you put it here. You, you did not honor his holiness. That is the meaning. It's not about God doing something bad. It is how you relate to it. We want to pray this evening. Thank God we are his children. Praise God. His justified children. But it does not give us grounds for this honor. We want to pray before we leave. The Lord, in any area where we have dishonored your holiness, see, that means that you took God's word and you live in the wrong place. What God tells you to do, you, you do something else. Even if you, if you deviate small, you did not respect his holiness. 
the holiness of God demands perfection. That you do exactly what he says. Exactly. That is why when he wanted to build a tabernacle, he did not leave it for Moses. He calls him up and he shows him with dimensions. That's holiness. So if Moses comes and then he adds one cubit to 16 something, he has missed it. God will not take it. That's holiness. Everything God wanted to do, you know, with the priests, with their clothes, everything came with precision. In holiness, there is precision. For instance, we will read in Joshua chapter 3, the exact, you know, plan that the nation and the priests were required to do. How Joshua told them, uh, carry the ark, you people should follow them. I mean, there is order in holiness. That's why Christians can look like crazy people. They, they can look like people who have no shape or form. Anything goes. They relate anyhow. They talk anyhow. They dress anyhow. No, 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 no. There is an order. We want to pray that Heavenly Father, anywhere we have missed your order, we ask for your cleansing. And in the name of Jesus, bring us back to order. Bring us back to order. Call upon the Lord. Bring us back to order. Bring us back to order. Bring me back to order. Bring me back to order. Bring me back to order. Bring us back to order. In the name of Jesus. Back to order. In any way we have miscarried ourselves. Misconducted ourselves. Not even in things but our gross per se. My God. But even in insignificant little matters we pray for your grace in the name of Jesus to sweep over our minds our souls our spirits our lives let all imperfections be corrected in Jesus name all kinds of imperfections all kinds of little little disobedience even gross disobedience gross disobedience gross disobedience we ask for gross pardons for gross disobedience and we pray in the name of jesus that by this word which we have heard and with our broken hearts and broken spirits lord you will cleanse your people you will cleanse us your word says that you are clean through the word which i spoken unto you Father, this evening let it be a cleansing moment. Let the cleansing tide of your power sweep over us and cleanse all the ugly sides that you see. All the disobedient in character, in conduct, in carrying out your orders, your instructions. In the name of Jesus, in the way we think, in the way we relate to one another, in the way we do your bidding when we are supposed to be fast we are slow 
when we are supposed to be quick we are laid back when we are supposed to run we will be walking and crawling when we are supposed to stand sometimes we are bending father in the name of jesus we ask for cleansing i pray let the church be cleansed by the washing of the water by the word in jesus mighty name we can't wait for next week my god to plead for your intervention in our lives right now right here we ask that you descend in your power you descend in your power we want nothing else but holiness we want nothing else but righteousness we want nothing else but purity we want nothing else but but alignment with your will with your ways in the name of jesus christ in the name of the lord jesus christ bring us back to order 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 cleanse us of misconduct cleanse us of misbehavior cleanse us oh god of mistreatment of one another cleanse us oh god of anything that is a breach of your holy word a breach of your holy word a breach of your holy word that we did not think well of someone that we did not think well of each other that we entertain hatred and, and bitterness and envy and things of that nature that we approached we approached we approached the the the, the, the parameters of things that are disdainful and evil cleanse us lord in the name of jesus come cleanse us lord come cleanse us lord come cleanse us lord in the name of jesus in the name of jesus let fires flow from your altar above to come and cleanse us that it cleanse isaiah the prophet let tonight be our chapter six of our own experience with you whereby the cause of fire comes from above to cleanse our legs to cleanse our hearts to cleanse our minds to cleanse our soul celestial fires impart this evening celestial fires impart for our cleansing for our purification in the name of jesus that we may be the sparkling shining bride of christ we may be the shining sparkling radiating body of christ in the name of the lord jesus this is our prayer oh god this is our cry oh god oh we give you praise we give you praise lord is a cry of our hearts to be more like you carry us away from superficial sentimental christianity where we just sing songs feel good but we don't do right before you deliver us from the breach of your honor. Sometimes we mistake our feelings and emotions for obedience. But Lord, obedience is obedience. 
However Moses felt that day that he did that thing, if he even felt that he was being zealous for you, you did not take it. You expected straightforward obedience to your word. Lord, we are asking that in all areas of our lives that we've dishonored you, we've not hallowed your holy name because the Lord taught us to pray our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In any area we have not done that, we pray for your forgiveness and for your cleansing tonight. Let this church, everyone that I see, myself included, let us stand perfect and complete in your will. Yes. We believe in you as the God of wonders. But Lord, never wonders without sanctification. Never wonders before sanctification. Fix us right tonight. And let there be sanctification before any wonders we can ever see. Lord, we pray in this place, your house shall be called a house of prayer, that in this church, our prayer tonight is that, Lord, we are desperate for sanctification more than wonders. We are desperate for your holiness more than for wonders. You will do wonders anyway. Even if you don't do it, what is the use of wonders that will land us in hell? What is the use of miracles that will land us in hell? What is the use of bread and clothings and provisions that will send us away from your presence? Therefore we pray, O oh God, if there is any blessing that should flood and overflow in this church, let it be the blessing of sanctification. Let it be the blessing of holiness. I pray that heart to heart in this church shall be a heart of your holiness. Let it be a home for you. Let it be a home, a home for holiness. A home, a habitation of the holiness of God. Make us a church exactly in that order in that spirit we thank you heavenly father thank you for the triumph of sanctification by sanctification we triumph the wheels of our chariots will not be stacked in the mud we will make progress because we are obedient children not fastening ourselves according to the former last in our ignorance but as he who has called us is holy so we will be holy in all manner of conversation thank you heavenly father give us a church white and sparkling clean and pure holy and burning in purity in holiness a church that is absolutely obedient unto you. Make us more than conquerors in the arena of the conflict of our wills against your will. Every time may our will be subdued that your will will reign supreme. 
because that is triumph. When we, you conquer us, then we triumph. When we miss your will, we don't triumph. So conquer us, that we will conquer. Conquer us, that we will triumph. Conquer all disobedience in our lives. Any remnant of disobedience, any remnant of things that are not pleasing to you. Tonight, just like the night when the host of Egypt got drowned in the Red Sea, tonight, let some things, some unholy things, some unclean things, some things of disobedience be buried in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise, all the praise. Let there be a new ascent of triumph in our midst, a new ascent, a tongue of praise because you have done something today in our lives. We thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.